You are listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZW LP Conroe and 106.1 KZCC LP Conroe and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Extension Hour. I'm Amy Ressler, County Extension Agent for Family and Community Health. And I have my new coworker here. Yay! I have Becky Smith, and she is our Assistant Family and Community Health County Extension Agent. And I kind of said that backwards because I, I, you've noticed we, we like words. We use lots of words, and we use lots of acronyms as well. So um, trying to get used to this can take a little bit of, uh, of time. So I try really hard not to... Um, do that on the radio and try to explain what I'm talking about. So every Friday here, 1 to 2 p.m., we have the Extension Hour where we talk all about our people, our programs, and our partners. And today, we you're, you're one of our people now because you have joined the Extension family. Um, so also what we do is we talk about some of the things that are going on in all of the departments. Um, so obviously, family and community health is, is our forte and kind of where we work. But um, we also have agriculture, natural resources, 4-H and youth development, um, and then we do some community development things, and then we have a great master gardener program that kind of goes along with the horticulture and agricultural natural resources, all of that. Um, so just lots of things going on at the extension service that um, sometimes people are really familiar with and not sometimes not so much. And so that's one of the reasons why I love doing the extension hour. So it's a great chance to tell people about what's going on and what's happening. So one of the things in family and community health, we'll just get that kind of out of the way to start with. We've just finished up our Walk Across Texas project, um, eight weeks, uh, people in teams of eight trying to uh, do more physical activity than they're doing before. So it's not like this uh, big marathon thing. It's just let's get people more physically active. And we'll talk a lot about that later um, because that's one of uh, Becky's areas of expertise. But getting physical activity is really important and it has so many benefits. Um, so Walk Across Texas is one way to help encourage people to, to do that in a fun, kind of semi-competitive way. So uh, because people are competitive in like prizes and, and recognition and that kind of thing, we just did the prize patrol. Um, so we went and visited several places, uh, took some balloons. We have a banner that says, I walked across Texas. So great photo op where people can, um, you know, get their, their picture made that they walked across Texas. So uh, there, there probably were people who did the full 832 miles by themselves within those eight weeks. But um, the, the goal is the whole team, so collectively, not everybody has to do it. And I always, always like to remind people, I mean, our goal, again, to be more physically active. So it kind of goes along with um, Centers for Disease Control recommendations that people get about 150 minutes of physical activity in a week so that um, if you're doing that 150 minutes and you, you're trying to get the 832 miles in the eight weeks, it's 10 to 11 miles per person per week, and that takes about 150 minutes. So it's very scientific. <laughs> All right, so uh, when one of our future shows, actually, we're going to have some of our Walk Across Texas winners uh, come on and, and kind of share with us what they did, how they did it, how they fit it into their work schedule, because that's one of the things that people, you know, talk about how it's, it's, it's hard to do when you have a really busy, full life anyway. Uh, but physical activity is very important. Um, also, we're doing presentations out at the libraries. And so one of our prize patrols was at Purvis Library. And then right after that, Becky got to do uh, one of, you've done some programs before, but this was one of your first programs with Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service and was tackling the snack attack with kids or with teens. Um, so we're doing another one on July 1st, and that's out at Purvis Library. There's also a few other libraries that are hosting it. I know our coworker Michelle Scaife has some scheduled, and I don't know when or uh, 
um, which libraries, but I do remember her talking about doing some of those. So those are available at the local libraries. Another great thing about Montgomery County, we've got a great library system um, pretty much in every area of the county. There's a, a library, there's access to library. And they do one summer reading program is what they're doing now. So they have lots of um, extra opportunities for kids and adults. Uh, so then another adult program will be um, Stress Less, and that will be in July, it'll be July 8th um, at noon. So it's a learn over lunch. Um, Elaine Taylor is over there. She's the branch manager and she brings in lunch and um, we do a little bit of a talk and um, this is great for adults as well. All right, so I've rambled a lot, which I tend to do. <laughs> Have you noticed that? No. You've been working with me for about a, a couple of months. <laughs> um, so Becky, tell us about yourself. Tell us where you came from, when you got here, all that kind of good stuff. Yeah, so I am not native to Texas. I <laughs> You just have to say a few <laughs> words if people can figure that out, I <laughs> yeah, think. <laughs> probably. So I'm learning the lingo, which is fun. Mm -hmm. I'm enjoying the food for sure. But I'm from around the Baltimore, Maryland area. And I got my bachelor's in community health and was super excited to get started in the field. I actually lived in Corpus Christi for a little bit mm -hmm. and worked for Texas A&M Health Science Center. Loved my time there. Um, and then my husband and I moved back to Baltimore where I worked at a public health department. And it's very similar to what Extension does as far as family and community health. It was a lot of outreach programs, education. Um, I was able to get certified as a car seat technician and I taught CPR classes. And I also was a, a lifestyle coach for the CDC's National Diabetes Prevention Program, NDPP. So we like our acronyms <laughs> back in Baltimore. Too. Yes, it's, it's not just us. <laughs> um, and so that program was geared towards people who were diagnosed with pre-diabetes, so didn't have that diabetes diagnosis yet, but trying to prevent that from happening. Um, and so it was just a lot of lifestyle modifications. A huge part was physical activity mm -hmm. and healthy eating. So yeah. definitely passionate about all of those things. Um, and then when we moved to Houston, while I was looking for a job, I was able to get certified as a personal trainer, which has kind of always been one of my goals, and it seemed like a great time to do it. So, Because yeah. you told me you were really uh, active in high school, played lacrosse? Yeah, played yeah. lacrosse, volleyball, We don't basketball. do that in Texas no. much. <laughs> Some people look at me like I have four eyes when I say <laughs> lacrosse, but that was probably my favorite sport, really. Yeah. yeah. And then you did other sports as well. Yeah. 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 So physical activity has always been a part of my life. Um, I have four older brothers, so mm. <laughs> it, was, it was easy to stay active, I would say. And continuing into my adult life, you know, I just feel like something's missing if I'm not able to get active. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, speaking of four older brothers, so I had three older brothers and one younger brother, and so physical activity, um, I guess, was important, but mostly it was running to hide from them. Yes. And then also, oh my goodness, they loved wrestling. So we, like, you know, I did not grow up very girly because we were always wrestling in the... Um, in the living room or wherever, and, and bless my mom's heart, <laughs> with, with five kids. Um, we were all about two years apart, really close in age, and um, she had her hands full. Yeah, oh, we did a lot. For sure, yeah. yeah. We did a lot of wrestling, cardio, and then, you know, your backs to the wall, holding, or your backs to the door, holding the door shut, and your feet are against the wall, so they can't get in, so you're, <laughs> you know, making your <laughs> legs nice and strong. <laughs> and I think we've talked about this before, too. Another thing that um, was interesting for me about growing up with four brothers is trying to keep up with them and eating, yes. which was not good for me, because um, then my physical activity dropped off a little bit, but I was still <laughs> eating, like, you know, trying to catch up with my bodybuilding brothers and uh, football playing brothers, and yeah, that it wasn't a very good balance. So I have learned a lot personally since I started working for Extension and, and um, you know, trying to help with uh, 
food nutrition, health and wellness with, with folks. So, so you've been to work for Extension for two months now, right? May yeah, 1st was your yeah. first. Yep. So what has been the most eye-opening thing about Extension for you? Um, what I've loved about Extension is that it's not some head honcho kind of telling everybody what he wants us to do or what's important to yeah. him. You know, the the counties survey the people in that county and they want to know where are the gaps, where do you need help, um, what education can we give. And I think that Extension really embodies their vision statement of, of wanting to help Texans live better lives. And it's not just one person kind of with their agenda of what's important to them. It's, it's really finding out what the community needs and mm -hmm. then um, addressing those needs. I love that it's always evolving. So if there's a new need, then Extension will use evidence-based research and science to create a new program to, to meet that need and to um, help educate. So I think that's fantastic. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Um, so utilizing our committees is a really important part of, of what we do. And um, and then we were just recently, you got to experience uh, the TCFF, <laughs> which was the Texas Community Futures Forum. Um, so asking the community members what's important. And we've got, we actually got the most feedback through our online survey. Um, in the next three to five years, what do you see are the most important issues facing Montgomery County? Um, you know, and as you can imagine, some of the things that came up were transportation. Uh, this county's growing really fast. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, the, interestingly, there's not a lot that we can do specifically about transportation. I mean, we, you know, we don't build roads. Um, we're education-based. Right. So, you know, we can maybe talk about, uh, do some presentations related to um, utilizing what's available mm -hmm. and, and, and helping to share information, too, because the connection in the community is really um, important, yeah. too, and, and helpful. And um, as we visit with other people, we are able to... Um, <laughs> throwing things around. <laughs> um, we're visiting with other people. We have the chance to um, connect and find out, you know, who's doing what and then share that information, which I think is just pretty awesome. All right. So anything else that... Um, I also was, my eyes have been opened a lot to just all of the different things that Extension covers. Um, I think a lot of people think about, they hear agri-life and so they think we just deal with agriculture, mm -hmm. um, but it's really so much more. And I think it's amazing all of the work that just a few employees are able to do and the impact that they're able to have. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So agriculture related to life is where we get agro-life. Mm -hmm. uh, so we've been through a few name, name changes over the years. So um, years ago, it started Texas Agricultural Extension Service, and then we went to Texas Cooperative Extension. Then we went to Texas AgriLife and then added the A&M in there, Texas A&M AgriLife. Um, so, yeah, I've been through lots of names, but still, mission's the same. But within that mission, being very flexible, like you mentioned, with different um, counties, and, and every county's a little different. So... Uh, being an, an assistant agent, that means that we'll have you for hopefully a couple of years, but um, the goal will be actually to train you and um, and, and send you out on <laughs> your way, on yes, to another county, um, which is another a way that Extension has kind of tried to um, address needs. So even internally, some of the needs that we found is that um, because the Extension has it's a very interesting and unique organization. Sometimes it takes people a little while to adapt. And so in some cases, new agents are getting thrown in, kind of sink or swim. Mm -hmm. And um, we were seeing too many that we felt like we're sinking. So we wanted to, um, you know, offer some swim lessons. So hopefully it's that's what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and so I have really enjoyed working with you these first couple of months and uh, have great um, 
I can see great things in your future. And I, you know, I don't feel like I'm like teaching you to swim because you always swim. <laughs> you're, you're, you're already doing a really great job. And I think you're very well equipped. So with that, saying that, I want to talk a little bit more about the things that you've been equipped with so far and kind of um, some of the things that you see happening in the future in your role here and, and in other counties. But we're going to take a little bit of a break and we will be back in a few minutes. But I just want to remind everyone, you're listening to 104.5 and 106.1 worldwide, IRLoneStar.com. And did you know we're podcast too? So you can like go back and listen to um, previous shows and that kind of thing. So in about a year from now, we'll look back and say, ooh, look how much Becky has changed in the last year. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back. Family and community health programs provide science-based education designed to improve the overall health and wellness of individuals, families, and communities. Developed by experts and delivered locally. Topics include child and adult health, nutrition, child care, financial management, passenger and community safety, and building strong families. All encouraging lifelong health and well-being for every person, every family, and every community. We are Texas A&M AgriLife Extension. Helping Texans make their lives better. A Lone Star Community Radio is Montgomery County's radio station with talk, music, weather, and traffic for Montgomery County. Have a question or comment about one of our shows? Want to know how to reach a host? Just contact the station at IRLoneStar.com or call in and leave a message at 936 647 3776. Get involved with your community with Lone Star Community Radio. Path to the Plate is a research-based education program that helps consumers understand how their food choices impact their health by making the connection to agriculture, learning about how food is grown and produced, and how consumers can make better food choices for themselves and their families. Path to the Plate is all about dispelling myths and misconceptions. Find out more online at pathtotheplate.tamu.edu. We are Texas A&M AgriLife Extension, helping Texans make their lives better. Hey guys, this is Connor. This is Dick. This is Chris. And we're with the Ticket Stub Podcast every Thursday live at noon on 104.5 and 106.1 FM in the Conroe area. Also, anytime at IRLoneStar.com. You go to IRLoneStar.com backslash TTS. You can find all of our social media. And don't forget, we give away two tickets to the Grand Theater on every show. If you like movies and you like complaining or celebrating anything that has to do with the silver screen, Check out the Ticket Stub podcast and join us every Thursday at noon o'clock on Lone Star Community Radio. Welcome back. This is the Extension Hour where we talk about our people, our programs, our partnerships. And we've got one of our new people with us today. We've got Becky Smith and we're talking about all kinds of things related to Extension, family and community health. Of course, there's other departments in Extension, and that's one of the things that you mentioned earlier. Like, there's so much that Extension does that people don't really um, realize. Uh, so, you know, lots of times when we interact with people, they're like, oh, I know all about, or, you know, I say something about Extension service, and they're like, oh, the, you guys have the gardens over there. So we do. We have beautiful gardens around our office, which I think is one of the um, wonderful things here about Montgomery County. 
Um, so the, we've got over 400 Master Gardener volunteers who um, participate in the program. And so they come out on Wednesdays. They tend to the gardens. The um, neat thing about the gardens is they're all demonstrations. So they're um, good examples of how things grow well here in Montgomery County. So again, uh, back to the mission of Extension, helping Texans make their lives better and utilizing science-based information. So they do a lot of experimentation with uh, vegetation and trying to figure out what, what works well and what doesn't. Because, you know, if you move somewhere from like Baltimore, Maryland, <laughs> and something that you like to grow there might not grow as well here. And, um, you know, and even, even within Texas, there's different regions and they um, have different um, aspects of what grows well and what doesn't. Speaking of the Master Gardeners, they do a Saturday series of classes so once a month on a Saturday, they host a, an event for the public. And they, they, do, they do other things as well, but this is one of the things that they consistently do, which is uh, pretty awesome. So they, they put out a calendar for the entire year of the educational outreach classes and events that they have. So um, Open Garden Days, they do twice a year. We had one back in May, and there will be another one in um, November. But um, for the class, the educational class in July, on July 13th, so mark your calendars now. It will be about water and flowers. So what they do is two sessions, right? So they do the first session, 8 to 10. They do the second session, 1030 to 1230. So whoever's interested can come to just one. They can come to both. So morning, you know, the first one or the second one, whichever uh, they are most interested in. So on July 13th, the first session is going to be water sense, the right plants, less water use, which is important in the, particularly around here. I mean, we've, it's, the rainfall's been pretty good yeah. this year, but we have had years where there hasn't been much rainfall. And so, I mean, you know, even, even when it does rain a lot, still water is a precious commodity. So um, using water wisely is what that one will be about. So that's the first session from 8 to 10. And then at 10.30 to 12.30, the next session will be the award winners knowing the best flowers, because um, there's a lot of gardeners that are just interested in um, growing flowers for the ornamentals and the things that look really pretty. So this will be all about that. So uh, 10, 30 to 12, 30. Uh, they do charge like a $5 fee just to kind of cover expenses of making copies and that kind of thing. And they usually have refreshments for everyone. And um, so really good, good opportunity there to, to learn more from the Master Gardeners. And then we also love having the Master Gardeners on the, the radio show, too. So they, they provide lots of great information, um, which I mentioned before we took the break. We do podcast. So um, on YouTube, on the radio station page, on our Facebook page, there are the you can go back and listen to a previous show. So like last week, we had uh, beekeepers on and they were talking all about um, kind of the basics of, of beekeeping, which I... Uh, that was fascinating, especially, so cool. so, <laughs> well, I got, I got really intrigued with like the, um, the social aspect of the bees and, and how they interact and how they have their jobs and the males only do one thing and the females only do one thing. And I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, I get excited about weird things, I guess. <laughs> all I know is the queen bee and I'm like, you that's go right. girl. <laughs> that's right. But you know what? All she does, all she does is lay eggs. Yeah. And then that's up to all the other females to feed and yeah. all the other kind of thing. And then the drones, the males, all they do is fertilize the eggs that the queen lays. So yeah, that's, that's, that's all they're good for. <laughs> <laughs> but, but our human society is not like that. No, no. Way more. All right. So we're digressing. Let's go back to focusing on um, some of the things that we were talking about before, the new things that you've learned, but you came to us with a really rich background already. I'm working at the health department. Uh, you said you're a lifestyle coach for diabetes. Let's talk a little bit about that one. Yeah, I was really fortunate with the health department. It was a very similar environment where it was very focused on meeting the needs of the community. And um, our county 
had a really big need for a diabetes prevention class. And so we were able to offer it at no cost to individuals in the county. And it's a um, CDC evidence-based program. So basically what that means is they ran the program and it was proven to be effective, essentially. So the goal was for participants to lose about 5 to 7% of their body weight in mm -hmm. one year, um, which may sound like a lot, but when you actually look at the chart and figure it out, it's really not, yeah. it's not too bad for a whole year. Um, so we, you know, focused a lot on healthy eating choices and getting more physical activity in. We also focused on things like sleep and stress management because that can also, you know, really affect your general health um, and your, your risk for chronic disease. Did you have any, like, really eye-opening experiences with um, folks that you worked with there or something that just really kind of stuck with you as far as the need and the effect of a good educational program? Yeah, I think there's just so much information out there these mm. days. You can find anything on the Internet, right? And and though we joke and say, oh, it's on the Internet, it must be true, I think a <laughs> lot of people, you know, think that. Or mm -hmm. if they read it, then, um, and that's happened to me, you know, it can happen to anybody. So. Sure. There's just a lot of misinformation out there. Um, there's a lot of fad diets, a lot of food shaming, a lot of this food is bad. Um, and so we kind of try and get rid of that, that language. And food's not bad or good. You know, we That's can make right. good choices and, and try and be healthy. But there's also room to enjoy food and it's a part of our culture and and that's okay um it's not just a complete wipeout of of one food group which i think tends to be really popular oh yeah yeah well, you know i think people kind of get the idea of um it has to be like really drastic mm -hmm. to 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 be worth something or to really make a difference um so it is one of those things when we talk about you know it's just kind of just changing little things here and there it seems like that that's not going to make that much of a difference but as you said, the, the evidence base, the evidence shows that, that, that it does and mm -hmm. it can. For sure. And especially since it's over a year, um, they don't feel so much pressure. They have to weigh in every week. Mm -hmm. and, and everybody kind of grumbled and groaned at that point in class. But since it's over a year, they, do, they get so much time to see those small changes take effect. It's not like it's a month-long program and they have to just, you know, be super dedicated and determined. If they have a bad day, it's okay. You know, if, yeah. if they feel like they overeat or something, it's okay. We have tomorrow to, to work on it and do our best. So it was definitely a program to encourage people and a place where they could, to, could talk. I think the most helpful part of it was it acted like a support group. Mm. So if someone said, you know, I'm really struggling with this. I just, if I eat two Oreos, I can't stop. I eat the whole sleeve, you know? And mm -hmm. so somebody else will say, well, this is what, what worked for me. You know, I, I would take them out, I put them on a plate and then I'd put the rest back in the cabinet out of sight. I wouldn't just have, you know, the whole package open in front of me or mm -hmm. something like that. We had one lady who would have her husband hide all of her candy mm -hmm. <laughs> and he would give her some each night. So I mean, <laughs> whatever works, yeah. It, it helps to to hear what works for other people, and you can try and figure out what works for you. Sure, you know. So I've been working on trying to work on the report for the Walk Across Texas project since we just finished it, and we did a an extra little survey that we asked people, kind of, you know, what do you think is um, you know, important, helpful, what worked well, what didn't work well, that kind of thing, just for for our program in Montgomery County, because um, Walk Across Texas is all over Texas. In fact, um, 
other, even, even outside of Texas, people can participate in Walk Across Texas. So I was really interested to find out kind of what's happening here. Mm-hmm. But to the point is that um, a couple of people mentioned they really like the team aspect of it and the community aspect of it, and knowing that other people are also participating was motivating for them. Mm-hmm. And, and then, of course, there's people who just, you know, leave me alone, let me do my thing, and, and that's good too. I mean, if that's what works. So um, I think that that's, that's one of the, the most important things that we can do is just kind of help people find what works for them. And, you know, maybe maybe you can find some help on the Internet. But like you said, I, you know, be really careful about the things that you see. There's certainly some things are very, very helpful. Absolutely. But um, some things can be pretty harmful, in fact. So what, what was your favorite piece of advice or what's your what do you feel like is your best piece of advice for people wanting to to be healthy wanting to be healthy um well obviously my plate is a great resource Mm -hmm. we definitely encourage um all of that website's information Mm -hmm. we trust them it's been just to clarify we're not talking about becky's plate that she has on literal plate plate. (laughs) (laughs) that's that's what usda calls their um so it's the, the Dietary Guidelines for Americans kind of all put into an icon visual piece, but we call it MyPlate. My so it used to be My Pyramid, yes. then it was a Food Guide Pyramid. Before that, it was the uh, Basic Four Food Group. So it's changed every year, but I just want to clarify, yes. <laughs> just in case. No, 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 that's one of the things that, like, often we take for granted yes. that, you know, people, you know what my plate is, right? <laughs> like, um, your plate? What? What, what makes your plate so great? Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah, I think it's just a really helpful tool because... It is a great visual, like you mm-hmm. said. So you can really look at it and see, okay, half my plate is, you know, ideally going to be fruits and vegetables, and then a quarter protein, quarter grains, have my dairy. So definitely check it out if you haven't seen it before. It's helpful as far as serving sizes and, and all of those things. And I think one of the biggest tips that we used to give people is to look at their plate sizes mm-hmm. at home mm-hmm. because we eat with our eyes first, right? So if we have a certain serving on a huge plate, it's going to seem small and it's going to not feel like enough. Whereas if you put that same serving size on a smaller plate, mm-hmm. it looks like you're getting a lot more. So you can kind of almost trick your brain. <laughs> right. Literally psych yourself <laughs> out. Yeah. Yeah. So my plate is actually uh, based on a nine-inch nine plate, mm-hmm. right? So the average American plate now is like 10 to 12. 11, 12 yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's get it larger. And then if you think about what restaurant plates look like, they're, they're generally platters. <laughs> um, so sometimes that's enough for two or three meals. But, you know, on the plate, like you said, it, it looks like you're not getting as much. So yeah, that's good, good tip. So um, choosemyplate.gov is the website. So www.choosemyplate.gov. And that um, has some really great information. In fact, we use those 10 tips a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a printout series, um, all kinds of 10 tips on almost anything related to um nutrition and health and well-being and physical activity and food safety, grocery tips, a little bit of everything. Mm So, um, yeah, the 10 tip series, it's one of my favorites. I love those. (laughs) All right. So the other thing that you did, uh, you were child passenger safety technician and you still do that. So you got a chance to do that with, um, Jenny and Ashton over at the Montgomery County health district. It was really fun. I yeah. definitely sweat a little Hot. bit more in Houston. <laughs> yes. um, but that's something that I definitely became really passionate about. I don't have any kids yet. have our first one on the way. But Congratulations. Thanks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When, I, when I first got certified, I had no experience with car seats whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And I went through that week-long course, and it was just so eye-opening. And I got to be really empathetic for parents because it can be really confusing. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes when you're an educator or you're a professional, it's like, oh, 
it's obvious, you know, you don't know this, but I came from the side of not knowing anything. And so mm. it was really eye-opening for me and it was a great experience. I loved everything that I learned and now I love being able to educate parents on how to keep their children safe. So that's something that I've really enjoyed and I, I definitely look forward to continuing. Sure. So, so child passenger safety technicians, we're actually educators, right? So what we're doing is starting to, like you said, mention, uh, like you mentioned, teach parents how to use that car seat. So that, that car seat with that child in that car. And I think that that's what makes it so confusing is that there's so, so many car seats. There's so many different cars, so many different ways that it could. But once you figure out the combination, it actually is not um, too difficult. So no. we don't want to intimidate parents at all. No. Our goal is to make it easy. No, once you get educated, yeah, mm -hmm. it's, it's easier, but... There's just no easy, this car seat is the best one for, you know, oh, it yeah. just depends on your vehicle. And yeah, people ask things. you that sometimes, don't they? Like, what, what car seat's the best one? Which one should I get? Well, what kind of car do you have? Yes. How old is your child? <laughs> How much does your child weigh? How tall is your child? So checking that with the manufacturer's uh, recommendations, uh, which uh, reminds me of an important um, trendy, trendy topic. I don't think trendy is the word. Um, current issue. So uh, the governor has recently vetoed a bill that would require children to be rear-facing until age of two. Um, so one of the things that's confusing about that is the bill that's already, or the law that's already in place is that it's best use. Mm -hmm. um, so whatever the manufacturer says is the best use is what um, parents should do. So most of the manufacturers actually say on the label that they should be rear-facing until they're two years old. Um, so there still is some... Um, they should be. <laughs> I'm trying not to be like too um, prescriptive here, but really, it it is kind of it is a prescription, and and by far, we're, we would yeah. all be safer if we could rear face. Absolutely. Yeah. My husband just texted me today and said, "Are we going to have a rear facing seat or forward facing?" And I said, <laughs> uh, "Honey, we're going to have a rear facing first. And I mean, it's recommended by the American Academy of Pediatrics, and basically, you just want to max out in whatever seat you are, you don't really want to go on to the next one until your child has reached the max height or weight because that's how they're going to be the safest if they're, you know, fitting properly in that seat. Sure. And my, uh, so I have, I have a granddaughter and she yeah. will be four in July and um, she's actually kind of small for her age. So um, she's uh, intellectually really, really smart, um, but physically um, she's small and so maybe not quite as developed yet. So her mom still has her rear facing in mm -hmm. her car seat. And, you know, so her, her legs are getting a little bit long. And one of the things that people do say sometimes is, uh, what do they do with their feet? With the, right. You know, because they're getting like kind of long. They can do whatever they want with Absolutely. their feet and go anywhere. Totally fine. Yeah. Okay, so I'm getting on a roll because there's uh, more things that we could talk about with that. But um, we're going to take another break Sounds and then good. we'll be back and we'll talk more about car seats. We'll talk about physical activity. We'll talk more about Becky. <laughs> so stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're going to need us. All of us. You're going to need our help with your water, your air, your food. You're going to need our determination, our compassion. You're going to need the next generation of leaders to face the challenges the future will bring. And we promise we'll be there when you need us. Today, 4-H is growing the next generation of leaders. A Lone Star Community Radio is Montgomery County's radio station with talk, 
music, weather, and traffic for Montgomery County. Have a question or comment about one of our shows? Want to know how to reach a host? Just contact the station at IRLoneStar.com or call in and leave a message at 936-647-3776. Get involved with your community with Lone Star Community Radio. An estimated 1 in 10 births will result in a neonatal intensive care stay, also known as the NICU. Overnight, a family can find themselves and their newborn baby in a critical situation. The Mila Foundation financially and spiritually assists families in need. If you would like to volunteer or become a monthly sponsor, please visit us at www.themilafoundation.org. Again, that's www.themilafoundation.org. Because every life matters. This is Rick, TRC. Every Tuesday on my show, Afternoons with Lone Star, from 3 to 7, I play back-to-back classic rock hits. That's right. I like to call it a two-for Tuesday, or a three-for whatever it is you'd like. Call the request line, 936-647-3776, or message me on Facebook, Afternoons with Lone Star, make a music request. That's right, you can do it. Here's what else. Go over to our website, IRLoneStar.com. Get the app on your phone. It's easy. You'll like it. And we are back with the Extension Hour. People, programs, partnerships. Becky Smith, she's our new assistant county, county, assistant county extension agent for family and community health. Lots of words. We talk a lot. Yep. So we have been talking about um, a lot of things about Becky and her background and uh, where she's at and some of the things that she's uh, passionate about in terms of being an educator. And so we left uh, before the break talking about car seats. Um, so rear facing. Uh, the the ma- most manufacturers recommend that children be rear facing until they're two. And the American Pediatric Association also mentions that. And uh, so Becky is going to have the opportunity to practice that soon. Yeah. So in December, and you said that your husband was asking. So which it, you know we we laugh we laugh about, but it was a legitimate question. Absolutely. And, and you know, and until you really start looking into it, it's hard to know yeah. how confusing it is. Definitely. Yeah. So, um, rear facing is is safer. Just but again, what I mentioned before, because of developmentally, um, and then it doesn't even pass two. It's fine for uh, children to continue to be to be rear facing. So, what do you think is the most challenging thing for parents when they're learning about car seats? Well, like you said, I think that there there's different bells and whistles, which can mm-hmm. kind of. Um, make things a little more confusing. But I think if you just stick to the basics and and focus on how to, you know, strap them in correctly and making sure that the seat is properly installed in the vehicle. I mean, those are really the two two biggest things. Um, There are lots of little things also, like when they're rear facing, you know, you want that webbing of the harness to be at or below the shoulder because that kind of cups the shoulder and gives an extra level of protection while they're rear facing, while they're right, rear yeah. facing. and then it changes when <laughs> yeah. you flip them around so that Dread I think that. that's why it can be confusing sometimes but when it's explained why um, and there are some great crash test videos on YouTube that can really help show why the recommendations are the way that they are and so I think once the education is given it becomes a lot less confusing because it makes sense mm-hmm. um, so yeah so when we talked about opportunities to for parents to learn 
Um, so I mentioned that this past week you went out and helped Ashton Herring, who mm -hmm. is with the Montgomery County Hospital District, and then also Jenny Adams, who is in our office. She's our uh, Family and Community Health Coordinator, um, who is also a certified child passenger safety technician. And so um, every other Wednesday, roughly, mm -hmm. um, Ashton does car seat checks there at the hospital district. And so um, you can find that information online at the mchd-tx.org, and you can sign up for a time um, to get your car seat checked. And then there's lots of good information on that line. And, and actually, there's another one, www.mocokids.org. Um, or by calling 832-919-7233. And they actually even have um, reduced car seat, reduced cost car mm -hmm. seats. So and that, that's another thing about car seats. They don't have to be like super fancy and super extent, uh, expensive mm -hmm. to be safe and functional and to work. Um, just, you know, a good basic car seat that's not expired. That's another thing that people um, sometimes don't realize that car seats expire. Yeah, be wary of purchasing on Craigslist mm. too, or things like that just because there could be micro cracks in plastic if it's been in a crash that you might not be able to see with your eyes, but it, it could be dangerous. But sure. yeah, all of the car seats that are sold on the market are all crash tested. They're all past, you know, the safety requirements. Yeah, yeah. And so the other thing in Texas heat, they can break down a little faster too. Not, I mean, not, not to scare anybody. It's like seven years. Car seats are good for at yep. least seven years, some yep. of them up to 10 years, but I'm um, definitely, that's one thing to check is the mm -hmm. um, expiration date. And then, as you mentioned, just making sure that they're all snug and in correctly. Okay. So uh, child passenger safety technician, lifestyle coach for diabetes and certified personal trainer. Yeah. It's another cool thing that you do. So tell us what led you to do that. So I've always been passionate about fitness. And um, after teaching the class, the diabetes prevention class, I think it was more obvious to me the barriers and how hard it can be for people to get in physical activity. And so I think when sometimes when we say, you know, the recommendation is 150 minutes, that seems overwhelming mm -hmm. and people instantly easy are for like, you to say, <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't have time for that. You mm -hmm. know, I, I get it. Schedules are crazy these days. Life is busy. But the good news is it does not have to be an hour at the gym to count as physical activity. So we talked a lot about, you know, breaking it up into small chunks, five, 10 minutes, that counts. That all starts adding up towards that 150 minutes. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm sure in Walk Across Texas, you know, there are lots of tips like walk, you know, park yeah. at the grocery store far away and walk, take the stairs as much as you can, use the copier on the other side of the office. Anything you can do to kind of get more steps in is going to be beneficial to you. Um, and also just sometimes if, if you're a beginner and you're just starting out, don't focus on 150 minutes. I got to get to it. You know, anything is better than nothing. Mm -hmm. And small goals are important. So shoot for five to 10 minutes a day and, and slowly increase as you can were kind of the bigger things that we focused on. Um, but I think for a lot of people, they think if they're going to get in exercise, they have to be at a gym or mm -hmm. lifting weights. And it, it doesn't have to look like that. Yeah. There are so many other options and, and ways to get it in. So. Yeah. I need special clothes and special equipment and special special things, <laughs> but really not at all, right? No. The biggest thing I would say is shoes. Mm, yeah. Have a good pair of shoes just to protect your joints and things like that. But um, another thing to think about is they, they recommend it to be moderate mm -hmm. physical activity. So kind of a way to determine, you know, because that's kind of hard unless you have a Fitbit or something mm -hmm. that shows your heart rate. So an easy thing is called the talk test. 
So when you're walking or doing your physical activity, you want to be able to have a conversation with someone, but you shouldn't be able to sing. If you start singing, <laughs> you should get out of breath, basically, if you're, if you're working at a moderate pace. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of a, an easy check for you. Yeah, and heart rate should be elevated a little bit, not, not too much. Right, exactly, yeah. So there's all kinds of, again, information online about, mm -hmm. about heart rate and things like that. It's typically best to talk to your doctor um, or to work with a certified personal trainer or a professional just to be sure that, you know, you're cleared and, and the, the level of, of moderate or vigorous or wherever you're at is going to be safe and healthy for you. So what's your favorite type of exercise? What do you like to do? Ooh, so, so I loved playing sports. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, because of that, I've torn my ACL three uh, times. <laughs> so <laughs> had to kind of give that up a little bit. Um, but I honestly like to switch it up. I swam laps the other night. I love doing yoga. I like lifting weights. I like going to classes. For me, that keeps it interesting. Um, and it it makes my body move in different ways. So it's always challenging because lots of times if you just do the same thing over and over again, your muscles can kind of get used to it and it's not as challenging for you anymore. So I really do like to switch it up. I, I thought that I would hate yoga mm -hmm. and for a long time I didn't give it a chance. And when I tried it, I fell in love with it. Um, and I think it's one of those classes that people look at it and they are like, oh, that's just stretching, which stretching is important and mm -hmm. good and helps with mobility and all kinds of things. But typically, depending on the class you go to, you'll get strength training just with body weight exercises. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I have an Apple Watch and my heart rate has definitely been <laughs> up pretty high um, in some yoga classes. So so speaking of the Apple Watch, uh, it reminds me of a project that we're going to have coming up. Um, so we're actually, Montgomery County is going to be one of the uh, pilot counties for a project called Live 100. And uh, this one is a, a cooperative agreement with uh, a company that does um, PAI, P-A-I. So it's a personal assessment inventory. Um, so it actually measures intensity as opposed to just steps. Steps are important. And, and like you, we've been talking about in terms of being physically active, if focusing on steps the first, um, you know, when you're first getting active, that's, that's good um, if that's what keeps you motivated. But at, one, at some point, steps need to, to, you need to pick up the pace. Mm -hmm. There needs to be a little bit more intensity to it. And so this project actually is going to help people focus on what that is for them. So um, when they first start out, um, they'll be trying to get a pie score um, P the PII, PAI. So a PI score of 100, and the goal is to get a PI score of 100 for 100 days. Um, but the more physically fit you become, the more difficult it is to get that PI score so easily. I mean, it's not going to be impossible by any means, but it's just something to kind of push you just a little bit more to be more physically active. So um, we're hoping that that comes up pretty soon. And actually, when it does, I hope to have um, some folks here to talk more in detail about what that means and how for, how people can sign up and, and that kind of thing. But in the meantime, what other kind of tips do you have for people who want to become more physically active? Yeah, and, and especially, too, I wanted to touch on some balance exercises, especially as we get older. You know, falls and fall risk is a huge thing for the aging population, and I would even love to maybe start some classes to go over some balance exercises, but that is something really important that gets overlooked mm -hmm. as far as getting physical activity and working on your balance. 
and working on flexibility. Um, and so we talked about, you know, getting 150 minutes of, of moderate physical activity, getting your heart rate up, but it's also really important to do some strength training as well, maybe, you know, two days or so of, of strength training. And again, that does not have to look like going to the gym and lifting weights. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many body weight exercises that you can do. Even uh, we told, you know, the people in our class a lot, while you're watching TV during the commercial, do some squats, do some sit-ups, do mm-hmm. some push-ups on the wall, you know, whatever you can do to get more activity in. And we really stressed, find something you like, because mm-hmm. if you hate it, then chances are you're not going to stick with it and it's not going to happen. So so you can, if you love lifting weights, do that. If you love the stretchy bands, there are bands you can use mm-hmm. to help um, with your strength. And there are medicine balls, kettlebells. I mean, there's so many different things out there. So it can be helpful to experiment a little bit and mm-hmm. find out what you know you really enjoy doing and and the good thing is youtube now has so many free workouts so i encourage people to try something new and find something that they love that's fun and that can help motivate you to get it done sure so maybe along the probably the same lines but just to see if you've got any other tips for people who are so i've been if i've been exercising for a while but i'm just kind of getting bored and feel like i've kind of reached a plateau what kinds of tips do you have for people in that situation? Yeah. So again, I, I stress variety. Uh, variety is the spice of life, right? <laughs> but but it it challenges your body in different ways. So you can, if you're a runner maybe, and you're in really great shape when you run, if you go and do a different class that's a different style, it's more strength-based or something, it might be really hard for you. And mm-hmm. so that's going to create a challenge. And I know a lot of those people tend to be competitive and you can be kind of competitive with yourself even. Um, and so I think it's helpful to, to switch things up continually and, and challenge yourself um, and, and try new things. You know, I tried yoga and I loved it. I thought I would hate it. So I am all about, I mean, so many gyms will give you a free first class pass. So, so use those, take advantage of it. Hmm. Okay. So we've got more things that we want to talk about, but we're going to take another little break and we'll be uh, back with a few more little tips from Becky Smith, our assistant County extension agent for family and community health here, right here on the extension hour. We'll be back. Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service is all about extending knowledge and providing solutions. We do that by using science-based information to create high-quality and relevant education for the people of Texas. More importantly, this outstanding education is delivered locally, right here in our county. We encourage lasting and effective change that helps our communities and our county thrive. We are Texas A&M AgriLife Extension, helping Texans make their lives better. A Lone Star Community Radio is looking for those who are interested in hosting their own talk show with monthly and weekly slots available on Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and on IRLoneStar.com. Start your own podcast, create your first YouTube channel, and be on TV. Contact Lone Star Community Radio online at IRLoneStar.com or call the station message line at 936 647 3776 to take your first step into the radio world. What can the Better Living for Texans program do for you? You can learn how to increase your consumption of fruits and vegetables, choose foods that are relatively inexpensive and good to eat, make your food dollars last longer, 
prepare quick, nutritious meals, help your children learn how to eat healthier snacks, and much more. Our program is committed to helping people like you improve your health through providing research-based nutrition education in a friendly, cost-free, and relaxed environment. We are Texas A&M AgriLife Extension, helping Texans make their lives better. And we're back with Becky. Talking to Becky, and I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say it. This is the Becky Show. We're talking all about Becky Smith. She is our newest co-worker at Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service of Montgomery County, and we were so fortunate to have her, and we're just really happy to have you with us. And we've been talking a lot about uh, some of the important things that you uh, do and the things that you brought with you, and and that you also will, will mention, if we have time, because we're having a really good conversation, we may run out of time, but um, some of the things that you see doing in the future um, in Montgomery County and um, with Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service. Before we get away, I want to talk a little bit about summer, 4-H, lots of things going on with them. So we don't have a whole lot of public events that happen necessarily in the summer because we're focused a lot on professional development kinds of things. And then like for 4-H, some of the things that are um, for kids that are already involved in 4-H. So one of the things coming up this next week is the their um, senior leadership lab, laboratory. We use the word lab a lot too, but anyway. So that's at Sam Houston State University. That's for our, for our older 4-H members to help kind of develop some of their leadership skills. So it's pretty cool. All right. So speaking of leadership skills and Becky, tell me why, why, we talked about physical activity, right? So what what is it that you tell people? Why is it important? Why should it matter? Interesting side note. So I did a little health assessment one time and it told me by lost. 20 pounds that I would extend my life by 0.12 years. <laughs> and I thought, hmm, <laughs> by about a month, I could live longer if I was, yeah. you know, which that that's all, you know, statistics, it, it has meaning, sure. um, you know, and, and I definitely need to lose the weight. So that's not, a, you know, I wasn't arguing with that at all, but just, um, that's one of the things I think that comes up with people. Why, why does it, why does it matter? Why put myself through all that for, for what? Yeah. And I, I meant to kind of start with that because I think it's helpful to talk about the why before talking about the how, just mm-hmm. because it can be motivating and like, Oh yeah, I, I do need this. Mm-hmm. So obviously, like you said, it will, it can extend your life, which is great, but more than that, it will improve your quality of life, yeah. which I think for people is huge. Um, you know, in the United States, the, the number one cause of death is heart disease, right? And so a lot of those risk factors for heart disease can hugely be prevented through physical activity and, and healthy eating, really. Um, but nowadays, I mean, exercise is prescribed by doctors instead of medication a lot of times or alongside of medication. And, and often in the diabetes classes, we would hear of patients who were maybe on medication and because they incorporated physical activity into their life, they were able to get off or able to lessen Mm it. Um, And not to say that medication is bad or anything like that, but exercise can be such a huge part of of preventing chronic disease or assisting if you you have been diagnosed. Kind of part of a holistic approach. So medication maybe, but but the physical activity definitely is not going to make you worse. For (laughs) sure. And and more than just that, I have kind of a list here, so bear with me. But I do want to just stress 
there's so many positives. I mean, we could just sit here for an hour and talk about the benefits of physical activity. Um, But some of the biggest ones are better sleep and mood. A lot of people find when they are physically active, they sleep better, which is a huge problem also for Americans. Um, Lower stress level, which is another huge problem we we see a lot. Um, It increases those endorphins and in your energy levels. And so it helps with your stress. It lowers blood pressure and cholesterol, which again are risk factors of heart disease. Um, it helps improve your balance and flexibility, which again with older adults can help with your activities of daily life and, and just doing simple basic things or playing with grandkids, playing yeah. with kids, getting on the ground, um, stronger muscles, stronger bones. So there's there's just an endless list of, of benefits really of why we should be getting physical activity in. So Yes. <laughs> I mean, you know, we could, we could just end with that. Be, be more physically active uh, because there are so many benefits to it. So, and then some tips that you mentioned just to reiterate. Yes. Yeah, so take it easy. I mean, not take it easy, but start easy. Start with realistic, attainable goals. There you, go. you don't want to, you know, if you know that you're not going to be able to get in 150 minutes right away, then set a more realistic and attainable goal. Park farther away, take the stairs. All of those things really add up. And I, I'm a big pusher of during commercials, get up and do something. Because I think yeah. a lot of us like to unwind with TV at night. Mm-hmm. Um, so I watch Netflix. Yeah. There's no oh, commercials. Man. Well, is it Maybe during the show, you can pause before it goes to do something. Yeah. Okay, so great tips. Thank you so much for sharing. Just to, to kind of end us um, with the show, tell us a little bit about what you see, um, the future for Becky in Texas A&M AgriLife Extension. Yeah, I'm super excited. I, you know, I'm passionate about all of these topics. Since I recently have gotten my personal training certification, I would really love to use that and maybe start some classes with either fitness exercise classes or education or even working with older adults. I worked with a nonprofit back in Maryland that was geared towards helping older adults Mm -hmm. remain living in their own homes as long as possible. And balance exercises were so huge in in making that happen and preventing falls. So I would love to do some classes based on that. Yeah. So, and and as we mentioned earlier, one of the things that we do is try to um, meet the needs of the county. So whatever is important here in the county. So we do respond to people who say, have you ever thought about doing a class with this? Or, hey, I've got this group. Can you come out and teach something? And, you know, then our answer is yes. What would you like to teach? So um, I love that uh, you've kind of extended our palette of things that we can offer. um, So lots more things that we can uh, provide for people. And then uh, team teach. We can teach individually. And then the wonderful thing, too, about having another coworker, too, is we can kind of divide and conquer. Montgomery County is really big and there's lots of needs. And so we try our best to meet them all. But um, having another person on staff just really helps us have that opportunity to do that. All right. So, Becky? famous last words anything else you want to say leave us with yeah well thanks so much again for having me i've really enjoyed it one last thing i I wanted to say as a car seat technician Mm -hmm. um, as it's getting hot out and even during months where it's not so hot just please be careful about not leaving kids in cars heat stroke deaths are climbing and it's just so sad and it's preventable and so a quick tip would be to put your purse or some people even put a shoe a Mm flip-flop in the back seat so that you check because lots of times your brain gets on autopilot and if you don't normally have the kid in the back seat you might forget so always check the back seat before you get out of your car would be my (laughs) my parting words Wisdom. Great words of advice. So you are listening to the Extension Hour. We talk all about our people, our programs, our partnerships here on Fridays, 1 to 2 p.m. 
We love being here. Thanks so much to Lone Star Radio for hosting us. And we will see you next week. Take care. Thank you.